Ogden Clinic's newest location, Ogden Clinic Kaysville, brings a sports medicine specialty location to Davis County. We sat down with two of our sports medicine providers from that location, Dr. Brett Martindale and Lane Christensen, DMP. Sports medicine is not just for high-level athletes, Dr. Martindale sees patients of all ages and athletic abilities. Lane Christensen also provides care to patients of all ages. His family medicine nurse practitioner expertise at Ogden Clinic encompasses health promotion and managing common and complex health problems. Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. I'm Parker Shaw, and with the help of my team and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. Okay, welcome back to The Daily Diagnosis. Once again, this is Parker from the marketing team. And Sharice Vasquez from the marketing team. And we have double trouble with us today. We have two of our providers from Ogden Clinic Kaysville with us today. Um, And I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, We'll start with you, Dr. Martindale. I'm Dr. Brett Martindale. I'm a sports medicine physician here at Ogden Clinic. Perfect. I'm Lane Christensen, and I'm a nurse practitioner, uh, sports medicine practitioner. Perfect. And Dr. Martindale and Lynn Christensen have actually been on the podcast before. Um, we wanted to get to know you both a little bit for some of our listeners might, that might be here for the first time. Um, we thought we might do a lightning round of questions, uh, get to know your questions. They're kind of silly, but we thought, you know, this is good to know. So first thing first, who out of the two of you would win in a game of horse? Definitely not I. This so, is Lane. <laughs> so, Dr. Mar- I've seen Dr. Martindale, and he can he can hit the twine pretty good. We also <laughs> saw that in the OC games. Yeah, he, I, I, I will, think you scored all of the points in I, that I, first I, game. I was Sharp either shooter. four for four. Or five. I didn't miss any shots. So I yeah, okay. I'll, he's I'll like, claim he's victory like, in like, that I one. Like, I'm a pretty good <laughs> shooter. <laughs> That's awesome. Unfortunately, you guys can't see Dr. Martindale or Lane Christensen, but they both have great facial hair. Who would you say has the best facial hair out of the two of you? Definitely not me, because my facial hair is out of laziness more than anything <laughs> else. Not any sort of care. <laughs> it's just a it's just a personal choice to not shave it. <laughs> I do like my facial hair, so whether it's a beard or a goatee. He's got, no, a, he's no, got a very nice No mustache goatee. for November? No. no? Yeah, you know, hey, I, I would definitely do that for, for November, for sure. I like All right, help. we're going to come find you yeah, this November. We always do. Okay. We always do some sort of facial I'll, hair I'll thing. start it in July. <laughs> Make it really long, <laughs> curl it a little bit. Okay, last one is, who would win in an arm wrestle? Should we try right now? I think we should try. I... <laughs> Not me. He's just like, I'm just going to say no. (laughs) It's not going to be me. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. One question. Okay. This is actually something that I heard just recently, and this kind of pertains to you, Dr. Martindale. Um, I heard that you're being involved with uh, an Olympic team. Do you want to kind of dive into that a little bit? Sure. So the, the Australian winter athletes so they're winter olympians and the prospective olympians they they do a lot of their training here in utah at a lot of the different resorts between the skiers and the losers and all all of these different athletes but they spend a lot of their winter in utah uh, training and i am now working with with these winter athletes just providing sports medicine care for them um, while they're here training, um, to some degree they'll be here throughout the year, but but it's winter time when they're they're the most here because we got the best snow in the world, right? So, right. 
That's um, way cool. The the closest ones to us are the aerial ski team. They're the ones who do all the flips off the big the big jump, and they train up at Snow Basin. So they're the they're the closest by that we that we take care of. But uh, that's way yeah, cool. But we yeah we're working with with those Olympic athletes, which is a lot of fun. I feel like that would be a lot of pressure. I feel like you've got like the gold medal like <laughs> bar to hold up and help make sure they're all healthy and safe. But, well, they the, at that level they know how to keep themselves they're, they're pretty, uninjured. Yes. You're just there just in case sort yes. of thing. That's Watch awesome. out Tokyo 2020. <laughs> yeah, here comes Australia. That's cool. Well, and I think it'd be fun to work with Australia. I think out of all the accents in the world, I love Australian accent. I can't I can't do it or mimic it. I'm not going to try it, but I think I'm like, hey, I love a good Australian accent. So that's pretty fun. Okay, so Lane, and you in our previous podcast mentioned that you were a soccer player. Um, yeah. You said, did you play at Weber State? I did. I like soccer as well. I'm not, I didn't play for Weber State. I played AYSO. But <laughs> I also I, did. <laughs> what, tell me a little bit about your past. What, what position did you like to play? Yeah. And, and um, you know, growing up, I, I, I was the only child. And uh, so I filled all of my time with sports, whether it be baseball, basketball, um, I did not do football. I was too small. Growing up, I did soccer and and played at Weber High um, and then went and played at Weber State. I also was on the de- Olympic development team before I got into college, um, wow. so which was which was a lot of fun. It gave me a lot of opportunities. I played in Europe, so it was it was a lot of fun. That's cool. What position did you play when you were on the team? So I played midfield, defender, um, mostly midfield. Awesome. Yeah, that's a lot of running. Then. It is a lot of running, as you cannot tell now. That <laughs> that's was okay. 50 pounds ago. <laughs> hey, it happens to the best of us. That's really fun. So did you have a highlight, a highlight game or a highlight moment during your soccer career? Yeah, I, uh, I won a couple of games um, just in a, you know, we, it was 0-0 and, and we, uh, we go into overtime and if you don't score in overtime, then we go to a shootout and I've won a couple of shootouts. So no way. Those are, those are, that's like, that's like movie type, like pressures on. Well, yeah. well, the funny thing is, is that I turn around and the first person that greets me is my mom. <laughs> She's like screaming and running on oh, the field. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's way cool. When I was little and I would make a goal, my mom would be like, if you make a goal, you get to get a Jamba Juice. So yeah. I always try to make a goal. <laughs> I, I try to do that with my son. It's not working it's, out. Yeah. Too well. <laughs> hey, it happens. Okay, so we wanted to, after getting to know you a little more, dive into our topic today. Um, since you're both sports medicine physicians, uh, one common thing I know that you'll probably see a lot of patients coming in for is concussions. I know that I have um, a, he's now a five-year-old son who, when he was two, got a concussion. And when, you know, your little ones are learning to walk and they're, con- I mean, they're, their head is a little too big for their bodies anyways, right? <laughs> so they're constantly hitting their head on everything. Um, and when he, he actually fell out of our bed as he was sleeping and woke up vomiting. And so we took him in and found out that he had a concussion. And so wanted to talk about this. I, I feel like there are many of parents out there who had to walk through this with their children or themselves. So can you go into what are some of the symptoms that you would see if somebody was experiencing a concussion? There are scary situations, especially, you know, I mean, she hit it on the head and she had a five-year-old. So it's not just in athletes, it's in anybody from 
if you can crawl to your old yeah no it's <laughs> right? really true like i remember like it can happen to a five-year-old but even like my cousin we were just one time just sliding on ice on the sidewalk just one time during the winter time just kind of playing around and he fell and hit his head on a car and we didn't know at the time but he got a concussion for that so this is something that can happen on the court or just kind of in everyday life sometimes as an accident so kind of diving into those symptoms, Sharice mentioned vomiting. Are there any other sort of similar symptoms that we should be on the lookout for? Sure. Vomiting, it's actually fairly common after concussion, and it can be a little bit distressing. And, and usually it doesn't need to be that distressing, but it, but it certainly can be. It's also another very distressing feature after a concussion that happens not as commonly, but is still very dramatic is sometimes there can be some seizure-like activity which oh. is not a seizure it's just the concussion and it's it, it's actually not serious or anything but those are maybe two more dramatic symptoms that people can get very concerned about but the more common symptoms are headache disorientation confusion sometimes the you know lights and sounds will bother them though that's often not for maybe a few days uh, later, but the person who's had a concussion may not know what the score of the game is or what quarter it is anymore. And, you know, those are fairly basic things that basically any everyone on the field knows unless there's something not working yeah. right upstairs. And and so there's just some basic things after that that we look for. And we, we'll, you know, if we're suspicious that someone had a concussion on the field, we'll run them through a battery of almost silly little tests just ask asking them to you know, tell us what the score is what quarter it is who's the president what year is it what is your birthday what is your name wow. but then also other things like can you say the names of the months backwards can you can you uh i don't know if i could do can that you, <laughs> you know can you count backwards from 100 by threes or by sevens and and just to try to get their brain working a little bit and see if they can work it through. Because if they can't and they have all these symptoms, that's it's concerning that they've had a concussion. But one thing that I tell patients all the time is that there isn't a test truly for concussion. There's not like a blood test or a, a scan of your head that we can take and says, oh, it, you had a concussion. It, there's nothing like that. In right. fact, I, I routinely give my patients a list of concussion symptoms for them to fill out. And that list, it talks about headache, nausea, dizziness, disorientation, difficulty focusing, stuff like that. And I tell patients, if I ran up a flight of stairs real fast, I'd have half these <laughs> symptoms. Yeah. And yet definitely. I didn't have a concussion, right. you know. So, so it, it kind of speaks to how really little we know about concussions still. We, we know that it's something that happens to the brain when you bonk your head, and that's about it. I mean, mm -hmm. we just don't know all the details of what happens we just know that those are the typical symptoms that that can happen in a concussion right well and sometimes they can be kind of scary you know once you if you are able to pinpoint okay something has happened it's looking like a concussion um, what are some things that you advise patients to do if they have experienced a concussion like when is a good time to come see you as a provider or when should they kind of make the call to go in and, and get checked sure i I mean, ideally, a concussion would happen when there's someone observing you, like, you know, if it's an athlete in a high school, there's an athletic trainer who sees the whole thing happen, and they can get immediate evaluation and care, and that's, I mean, that's the ideal circumstance, but that's also not the way life works all the time either, and 
Um, so if, if there's suspicion of a concussion, I mean, if someone's vomiting repeatedly and they're going in and out of consciousness or just not acting right, yeah, it's probably a good idea to be evaluated in a place like in an emergency room. But in the vast majority of circumstances, if there's concern that, you know, you've gotten a head, you've gotten a head injury and things just don't seem to be right, it, it is worthwhile to be seen within the next couple of days there there are some studies that have suggested that the earlier you can initiate care for a concussion the faster you can get those symptoms resolved so what role mm -hmm. can a parent play in keeping their child safe before or after having a concussion if that's the diagnosis um i think that the the parent can do you know a, a lot with the child i think first and foremost is you know trying to keep them out of the game or out of activities. Um, unfortunately, we call that a four-letter word in our business called R-E-S-T, which is rest, because <laughs> that's the only way that, that your their brain is going to heal. Right. Um, and so I think that that's most of the time the hardest thing for any athlete or any individual, you know, is when can I go back to the game? When can I go yeah. back skiing? When can I go um, back to work? Um, and... You know, the parent is key in, you know, trying to keep them in their room and, and trying to rest their brain and not allow them to go out and shoot hoops and, and play very active with their with their friends. Um, and, you know, if if the parent does see any change of cognition or or they're complaining of, you know, more headaches and things like that, to definitely come on in and give us a call so that we can evaluate them. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And I, I would I, I would echo that. And something that has kind of changed in the treatment of concussion over the last couple of years is this idea of complete brain rest. I mean, it used to be the standard that after someone had a concussion, you just tell them to go sit in a dark room and don't come out until all of your symptoms are gone. And, <laughs> and you just, you know, you just stay in your cave and a few years ago, there was a study that came out uh, where they where they had some people do just that, and they had others where they started becoming a little bit more physically active. Not 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 in a situation where they could have another injury. That's that's first and foremost is we want to prevent having another head injury in the meantime. But but where they had people do is a little bit of physical activity and a little bit of cognition and thinking and, and it was actually those people who got better faster than the people who just sat in a dark room and so the, the there's been a change in thought a little bit in the last few years that certainly the first couple of days after concussion it is good just to rest and take it easy and but after that it's more about doing as much as you can without exacerbating those symptoms so it, right. it's okay to go out and take a walk and get some fresh air and it's okay to watch a little bit of tv or listen to some music as long as that's not worsening the other symptoms if those are not those are fine to keep doing and and those people are are ones that tend to get better a little bit faster hmm. that's interesting well and i think sometimes you know it's good to know about those things because i think you know medicine is always progressing and there's always those types of changes is there anything that's stayed consistent throughout the years like one that comes to mind that i'm thinking of is like and maybe i'm incorrect in saying this um they always say don't go to sleep if you've had a concussion like is that like something that's common that is continually kind of enforced today would you say 
certainly consciousness is a big thing that we're looking for after someone sustained a head injury. If you have such a head injury that you're going to lose consciousness, you're not going to be able to stop yourself from losing consciousness. That's a serious issue and that needs to be evaluated. But if you got knocked cold for a few seconds or even less than a couple of minutes and you come to, and as long as you're not having these repeated in and out of consciousness or vomiting multiple times, it's more likely a concussion than some serious head injury. And there's, there's been some serious questions raised on whether there's like a certain number of times that you've thrown up or, or that, that means that it's something more serious than, than just a regular concussion. And so I, I, I guess it's not a bad idea to not have someone try to sleep right after a concussion. Not so much that the sleep is bad, but rather that you can just ensure that they're not going in and out of consciousness. Right. So it's it's just kind of like being able to keep an eye on them, essentially. Right, right. And and I would say, you know, going back to the parenting question is, you know, parents know their kids the best. And if they're acting <coughs> differently and and they're not, you know, they are going in and out of consciousness or, you know, they're <coughs> vomiting and doing those types of things, you as the parent, you, that definitely tells you they, they need to be evaluated. Is there anything that people can do to help prevent concussions from happening? Yes and no. Certainly when it comes to sports like football, there's been all this focus on, you know, is there ways to prevent concussions by changing the way they tackle or things like that. So certainly a lot of it has to do with technique and and things like that and kind of good technique is is probably paramount in sports that are high have a high rate of concussion like football and such. But the bottom line is sometimes things happen despite everything, you know, despite everyone using proper technique or sometimes the kid does fall off the bed. And, and you know, it's, it's trying to prevent situations where stuff like that can happen. But even still, an injury is going to happen sometimes. And where I say that maybe it's not as preventable as we would like, one example I like to use is, is a helmet. Like, you know, we use a helmet when we ski and we use a helmet when we play football. And the primary purpose of a helmet is to prevent a really serious head injury, like a skull fracture or something. But unfortunately, helmets haven't really been shown consistently to reduce the risk of concussion. I, I, I use this example a lot with my patients. If I have a raw egg and I shake that raw egg really hard, and then I cracked it open. I Once I cracked that egg open, because I shook it so hard, it the, the, the yolk broke. Mm-hmm. Well, if I put a little egg-sized helmet on that egg, right. and then I shake it around real hard, I have still broken the yolk inside the egg, even yeah. though it was wearing a helmet. Yeah. So... So just because you're wearing a helmet doesn't prevent your brain from moving around inside your skull and potentially getting getting injured that way. But I'm not trying to say don't wear helmets. I'm, you should wear helmets. <laughs> you should wear helmets when you play football and ski and, and everything. And, but but in, in the sense of preventing it in some sports like football and such, it has not been as successful as we would like to prevent those types of head injuries. And what I would just say is, you know, to any of the individuals out there, whether that you're a, a high school athlete or playing on junior jazz or, um, you know, a weekend warrior or, you know, up there in the mountains is, you know, if you do think that you have 
a concussion or a head injury, you know, to please, um, you know, stop what you're doing and assess your assess yourself and and make sure that you know you're not going to either go back into the game and get hit again or go down the ski run and hit something and because that will make that you know it, it can make a concussion just detrimental yeah well i think that's really great advice so just kind of wrapping things up is there anything else that you guys would want to add about concussions that we haven't said yet sure i think maybe the m- most important thing i could share about a concussion is that they are not permanently damaging to the brain. The vast majority of people recover fantastically from them in a pretty short amount of time. I know there's a lot out in the media about CTE and things like that, but but frankly, we've there's never been a proven link between a single concussion and, and developing that. And, and so I try to reassure people that a concussion, though, is very annoying in the in the short term, the vast majority will recover in a very short amount of time within weeks usually. And, and so it's not, it's, it doesn't become a life changing, life altering issue in, in the vast majority of circumstances. I think that's great. I think that helps me feel better a little bit too, because it is a scary word and a scary kind of diagnosis to get. Um, but thank you for, for clearing that up. I think that's this has been really a great discussion. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Martindale. And Lane, we're so happy to have had you on the podcast again. Thank you for having us. Yeah, our pleasure. Um, and for all of our listeners that have tuned in today, thank you for listening to The, the Daily, Daily Diagnosis. Diagnosis. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic, our providers or locations, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. If you're listening today from Apple Podcasts app, make sure you leave us a review or subscribe so you can receive more information about the different episodes that we post. We love getting feedback from our audience, so those reviews are priceless to us. If you also would like to shout us out on social media, our Instagram handle is at Ogden Clinic. You can also send us a DM if there's a topic that you would like our providers to cover, and we really look forward to hearing from you. We post episodes weekly, so tune in next week, and we can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week.